0: Welcome to the Watershed podcast. Watershed is the senior high ministry of perimeter church where it is our desire to serve senior high students and their families by helping them navigate life and the changing world around them. Listen and be encouraged. Hey guys. So, um, I'm a little nervous cause there are a lot of you and there's only one of me. Um, so if we could just open in a word of prayer, that would, um, be awesome. So if y'all would just bow your heads with me, um, Lord Jesus, um, God, I just come before you right now so humbled, God. Um, Thank you so much for um, everything you've done for me today, how you've um, provided for me, protected me, just filled me with your spirit, God. Um, And I just want to pray that you continue to do that tonight, God. Um, Just completely fill me with your spirit, God. Um, Let every word that come out of my mouth not be my own, God. Um, But let it all be from you. Um, Because if they're my own words, then um, this whole thing is pointless. Um Lord Jesus, I just pray that you just completely take over, God, um, and that if I say anything that isn't straight from you, Lord, I just pray that every single mind of this room just completely forgets it and let them only remember um, your words and your truth, God. Um, thank you so much, Lord. Um, calm my anxio- anxious heart, and um, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, so, hey, y'all. <laughs> um, if y'all don't know me, my name's Carrie Hagenstead. I hey, um, I'm 18 years old, I uh, just graduated high school, so uh, praise God, um, and I'll be attending UGA in the fall, so yeah, go dogs. Um, so y'all heard Mark speak last night about what tension is, and he did such a fantastic job. Um, and what I learned is basically tension, is um, this pull between these two opposing forces. Um, You know, there's our sinful desires of the flesh, and then um, for the Christian, um, there's this alternate opposite pull um, inside of us, of the Holy Spirit, um, doing a work inside of us to make us more like Jesus. Um, So Christians live in this constant pull. Um, The non-Christian... Um, lives in a tension between their inborn sense of morality. Um, You know, they have their sense of what's good and what's not, so they have the pull whether or not um, to do the right thing. Uh, And I think all of us feel that. Um, But um, tonight, I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about um, why we feel this tension. Um, You know, its origin um, and the direct source of it, um, but also the purpose of having it in our lives. Um, So tension entered the world the uh, very same day that sin did um, through the first man and woman, and they were called Adam and Eve. Um, For those of you who grew up in the church, you guys are probably very familiar with this story. Um, For those of you all that didn't, um, basically, um, after God created the world and everything in it, he made the first man and the first woman um, Adam and Eve. And um, they lived in the Garden of Eden, which was this beautiful place of absolute perfection. Um, They spent their days in complete and total unity with God. Um, And their one instruction was to not eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge um, that was in the middle of the garden. Um, So the first instance of tension um, occurred in Genesis 3, 1 to 6. So um, if y'all have your Bibles, you can flip there. Um, Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Christians were cursed to live in the middle of this tension between the desires of the flesh and the desires of the Holy Spirit um, living inside of us. Um, And the story of Adam and Eve shows that our tendency to live in tension is something innate. Um, Adam and Eve lived in perfection, in, like I said, complete and total unity with God. they walked with him and literally talked to him. Um, and he gave them every blessing imaginable. Um, if anyone had the best possible chance not to sin and not to screw things up, it was Adam and Eve. Um, the fact that Adam and Eve lived in tension shows that it's just something that comes with having a sinful human nature. Um, so it's completely natural. It's completely normal. Um, So uh, that's the origin of tension. Tension came into the world the same day that sin did. Um, But the direct source of the tension we feel is described by this concept that Mark brought up um, last night, which is the now and the not yet. Um, What this means for those of us who are Christians is that now, in the present time, we are already saved. Um, You know, we're already God's children. The Holy Spirit is already doing work inside of us to make us more like Jesus. Um, But we're not yet a part of the glory and the perfection that we were created for. You know, we constantly struggle between giving in to the desires of this broken world, giving in to drinking in the mud and the grime and being left absolutely unsatisfied and living according to the desires of the perfect and glorious kingdom of God and waiting faithfully for that eternal spring of flesh, Fresh, clear um, water so that we can drink and drink and never again go thirsty. Um, Paul describes this inner struggle in Romans 7, verses 21 to 23. Um, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now, um, what Paul's saying here is that, like, deep in his heart, he truly wants to follow God's law. But there's this other law tugging at his heart and pulling him away from pleasing God. And that's the law of sin. And this is such a perfect description of what we're talking about. Um, And I totally get what Paul is describing here, especially um, speaking about these different laws, um, because it really speaks to the tension that I've been struggling with my entire Christian walk. Um, You know, uh, by the world standards, it's pretty easy to believe that we're good people. Um, I'm guessing that most of us in this room have probably never killed anyone or robbed a bank, or committed adultery, or anything like that. I think we stayed out of jail. I think we're we're doing okay. Um, But we weren't made for this world and for these standards. We were created for a world of perfection. Um, Maybe in this broken world, we can seem like we're good people. Um, But by God's standards... By the standards of this world of perfection, we are so incredibly and helplessly sinful. Um, God directly gave us his standards in the Ten Commandments. Um, if y'all don't know the story, basically the Ten Commandments were given from God to a group called the Israelites, um, just basically as a set of general laws to live by, and they're still very applicable to um, the present day. Um, So um, while I read these, just try to honestly examine yourself and um, see how you measure up to these. Um, So this is from Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony about your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor." When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Um, I don't know about you guys, but um, recently while hearing those, I, uh, I felt very uncomfortable. Um, and there's the tension. You know, throughout my life, um, I go feeling pretty good about, you know, feeling pretty good about my own righteousness. Um, but how do I me- measure up to God's standards? How many countless times have I taken the Lord's name in vain? Um, how often do I struggle with idolatry? Not um, bowing down to little golden statues, but um, putting my relationships and my activities and my successes and basically my own glory before God's and before spending time with Him. Um, I've stolen You know, not in the sense that shoplifting is a part of my weekend plans, Um, but I've cheated on homework and on papers, and that's stealing answers. So therefore, I must be called a thief. Um, I've never physically killed anyone, but I've harbored hatred. And therefore, as Jesus said, I've committed murder in my heart, and therefore I must be called a murderer. Um, I've gossiped, and I've spoken of things I knew to be untrue. Um, so I'm a liar. So, um this so-called good person can very justly be called an idolater and a thief and a murderer and a liar. This is the tension I've been struggling with in my life between living according to the world standards and doing okay. Um or striving to live according to God's standards, failing miserably, and ultimately acknowledging my brokenness and relying on His grace and His righteousness alone to save me. Um, so, why am I feeling this tension? I mean, you know, I know where it comes from, um, but that will only comfort me to a certain point. Um, when we're just left crying out to God, pleading for an answer to the question, why? Why, God? Why am I struggling? Why am I feeling this tension? Um, We're not looking for the story of Adam and Eve um, and a description of the now-not-yet concept. Um, That's so important for us to understand, but what we're really searching for is the purpose of tension in our lives. So... What's the point? Um, Well, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. Um, So when I was about 12 years old, I was at the beach on vacation, and I was learning how to body surf. Um, To this day, I really don't think I'm doing it right. But um, basically, the idea is um, you're in the ocean, and um, you wait for a wave to come. And when a wave comes, you jump and you start swimming. And if you time it just right, um, the wave will carry you all the way back to shore. Um, never actually made it that far. So uh, I hear it's really awesome when you do. Um, but when you do it right, yeah, let me know how that goes. <laughs> I have no idea. So um, anyway, I was 12 and I was learning how to do this. So um, I'm getting all ready for um, the next wave to come. in in the distance, I can see one coming. And um, I can already tell, this one, it's going to be huge. I'm getting so excited. Like, maybe I'll actually make it to shore this time. So (laughs) this wave is coming, and I'm getting all geared up, getting excited. Um, It starts coming in closer and closer, getting bigger and bigger. And um, the moment before I jump and start swimming, the thought crosses my mind of, uh, well, uh, this this wave is um, probably too big. But I've already jumped and I've already started swimming, so um, it's too late. Um, when this wave comes crashing down, it absolutely pounds me. Um, I'm not doing anything remotely close to body surfing at this point. Um, it knocks the wind out of me, and I'm no longer in control of my body. I am sent Lailing and tumbling through the water, and the sheer force of the wave is keeping me under the water. I can't come to the surface. Um, I can't breathe. My lungs are just filled with so much pressure as they beg for oxygen, and I need air so desperately. Finally, the wave slows down. I can push myself up, get my head above the water, and I finally receive that first gasp of air. Um, It wasn't until there was a struggle to breathe that I realized how much I needed air. We can go through an entire day without ever struggling to receive oxygen. So it's really easy to forget how vital it is. Um, But once there's a struggle, you remember that you can't survive without it. It's... The exact same thing with tension. God uses tension to humble us. You know, if, if we didn't struggle, it would be so easy to believe that we have it all together, um, that we're basically good people, that we don't need God. Um, but in truth, we need God more than we need air. And tension reminds us of that. The struggle reminds us that we don't have it all together and that we need God to bring us out of our brokenness. We need to constantly be reminded of this, for us to daily just raise our white flag and surrender everything to him. Um, We need to be reminded of our desperate need for a Savior. It's only then that um, we can receive that first gasp of air spiritually, which is God's unyielding and overwhelming grace just flooding your body and just consuming you and surrounding you completely. Um, finally, just releasing that pressure you've, felt, you've built up from this struggle. Um, and once we receive that spiritual gasp of air, we can fully experience his grace and his love. Once we realize our desperate need for a savior, we realize how undeserving we are of any mercy. This makes his grace seem so much greater and his love seems so much sweeter. When you read through Romans 7 and um, Romans 8, you see Paul actually go through this process. Um, by the end of Romans 7, after acknowledging the tension in his life and his sin from nature, he says, What A wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And by the end of Romans 8, after acknowledging his brokenness and his desperate need for God, he's brought to the realization of the greatness and the vastness of God's love despite his struggles with sin. Um, He says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for us is absolutely ridiculous Um, for For y'all to understand what I mean by this, Um, just imagine years down the road, um, you have a son that just becomes your world. You love him so deeply, and you just treasure every moment with him. Um, Now imagine that a 12-year-old with a baseball bat comes along and brutally beats your son to death. Now... um, Vengeance would be taking out your own baseball bat and um, returning the favor on this kid. Um, Although it may not be right, I'm sure many of us in this room can at least understand that course of action. Um, Justice would be reporting this act of murder to the police, um, stepping back and just letting the justice system um, punish him for his crimes. I think most of us in this room would choose one of those two um, reactions, Um, either justice or vengeance. Um, There may be a precious few, a very, very small number of beautiful people in this room who would react in mercy by dropping all of the charges and letting him walk free. But there is no one. In this room who would react with grace. No one in this room would choose to see his rough past, see the abusive father and the alcoholic mother. uh, Afterwards, he was put into the foster care system and had absolutely horrific experiences. Um, And then choose to adopt this child into your own family and love him as deeply as you loved your own son. There's not a single soul in this room who could do that. That's the way that God loves us. That is the overwhelming, unyielding, ridiculous way that God loves us. We are so incredibly undeserving of his love, and he gives it so freely. Once we realize this, we can't help but love him back and just surrender everything to him. Without the tension in our lives, we'd never be able to understand the depths of God's love for us. We would never be humbled enough to realize our desperate need for him and find just overwhelming peace in receiving his grace in that first gasp. God is using this tension in your life for a purpose. God is using your present struggles to bring you closer to him and to strengthen your relationship with him guys, this is your hope. And you know what? It's okay that you're feeling this tension. It's been around since the beginning of time. It just comes with having a sinful nature and simultaneously have the Holy Spirit doing work inside of you. Um, It's completely natural. But please, if you don't remember anything else, just remember this. The fact that you are feeling tension points to the fact that you were created for something so much greater. Ultimately, we feel tension because we're not home yet. We're not yet a part of the glory and the perfection that we were created for. We're not yet in complete and total unity with God. But one day we will. Um, One day... All the tension you feel will be nothing more than a memory as you rejoice in the Lord for all of eternity. Um, so until then, just hold fast through your struggles, stand strong through the tension, and cling to the hope that one day um, you'll realize that your present sufferings will not be worth comparing to the glory that will finally be revealed in you. That day's coming. So um, be strong and take heart and just hope in the Lord. Um, I'm just going to close in prayer. All right, um, Lord Jesus God, I just want to thank you so much for um, tonight, Lord, and for this opportunity you have given to such a sinner. Um, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you forgive my sins, God, and that you just forgive the sins of everyone in this room. Um, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the tension that you've put in our lives. It's hard to struggle and it's hard to fight with you, God, but um, we know that you are using this for a purpose, God, and that the fact that we have this points to the fact that we are created for your world of perfection, God, and we wait so eagerly for that day to come when we can enter into it. Um, Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for today, Lord. Um, I pray that you continue to work in our hearts this week. Um, and just bring us closer to you and show us your incredible love and grace and mercy this week, Lord. Um, thank you so much. We love you. And it's in your precious and holy name I pray, Lord. Amen. You've been listening to the Watershed Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medbox Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Visit our website at watershedministry.org for more information. Thank you.